Christ is risen. Now, I suppose one could say it just isn't fair. And truth be told, it isn't fair. After all, the entire world came together, and they decided to pick on poor old Thomas. It picks on him just because he wasn't there when the Lord appeared, to which the other disciples witnessed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. It just isn't fair. But it is reality. The reality in which Thomas must now face. You see, Thomas, he was a disciple of the Lord. He loved the Lord with all of his heart, but he wasn't sure of what was going on. Things now are so different. They are so different than what they were just a few days ago when Christ was crucified. The change of recent events, it left confusion. The disciples didn't know which way to go. This was no different for Thomas. He too was confused. With everything going on and all the talk and talk and talk about this man named Jesus rising from the dead, things just seemed, well, a little awkward, a little unclear. It just doesn't seem fair. After all, it would seem that from the text as though Thomas is getting the short end of the deal. You see, Thomas missed church just one time. And because of that, the entire world picked up and gave him a name, Doubting Thomas. That nickname will follow him all of his life and thereafter. He will forever be known as Doubting Thomas. It just doesn't seem fair. Truth be told, it's not fair. It's not fair because all the other disciples doubted just as much as Thomas did. It's not fair to place this burden on Thomas's shoulders or to make him an scapegoat. In fact, last week's gospel reading told us about the disciples' reaction when the women came and they told about the empty tomb and the two angels. All of the disciples, they doubted. St. Luke sums it up where he writes, The women told all these things to the apostles, but these words, referring to the words of the woman, they seem to them like an idle tale, as they did not believe them. All the apostles doubted, but Thomas is blamed. You see, if Thomas is doubting Thomas, then Andrew is doubting Andrew, and Peter is doubting Peter, and James is doubting James, and John is doubting John, and so forth, and so on, and so on. Every one of the disciples doubted. There's no mistake about that. They all doubted. So why? Why does the world pick on poor old Thomas? It just seems so unfair. 
Christ is risen. He is risen you know, we're a lot like Thomas. We're sinners too. We also like to pick on Thomas as well. We pick on him because he missed the first church service, if you will, that very Easter morning. I guess you could say that's not really fair either. He didn't know that Jesus was going to show up. He didn't understand everything that was going on at the time. Maybe he was sick. Or maybe he wanted to go fishing. Or something else was going on. We haven't a clue. Thomas doubted. The Bible, however, doesn't tell us why he wasn't there or why he missed Jesus. But one thing for sure is, is that the Bible doesn't condemn Thomas any more than it condemns the other disciples. So it really isn't fair to pick on Thomas. Or is it? You see, looking at our text for today, we unequivocally see an incredible testimony to the patience of our risen Lord and Savior. Christ is risen. You see, Jesus had every right, every right to criticize the disciples, not just Thomas. Out of all the disciples, only John made it to the cross. Did you get that? Out of all the disciples, John was the only one that made it to the cross. Peter denied Jesus while Jesus was on trial. And even though Jesus had repeatedly told the disciples about his resurrection on the third day, none of them believed the women. Especially when they came from the tomb with the good news that Christ is risen. You see, Jesus, our Lord, would have been perfectly within his rights to say, you know what? I've had it with all of you. You're all a bunch of idiots who just don't seem to get it. Even though Jesus had the right to say all of that, he didn't. Instead, Jesus was incredibly patient with the disciples, and as he stood among them, he said to them, Peace be with you. He also showed them his hands and his side. He allowed them to poke and prod and otherwise examine his crucifixion wounds. In his glorious state of exaltation, Jesus' wounds are now signs of his identity as Lord and Savior. And then Jesus says it again. Peace be with you. This time he gave them his peace so that they could give it to others. I don't know about you, but this is so amazing. Christ is risen. Then according to Luke's gospel, Jesus then gave his apostles a very special gift. He breathed on them and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive this, the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it will be withheld. And with these words, he gave them the authority to administer the very forgiveness that he earned for the entire world as he hung right there on the cross. Think about that for a moment. 
Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. These men, just like the world today, they doubted just as much as Thomas did. They were basically cowards, if you will. Their own writings confessed that they were weak and dull-witted men. And all their authorities, their standing, their reputation, it rests entirely on this one man called Jesus. The power of everything that they say and do rests entirely on the work and promises of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but this should be indeed a marvelous comfort to all who are Christians. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. But nevertheless, there was Thomas. He wasn't there when Jesus appeared to the other disciples. Jesus continues to show his patience as he returns the following week. And once again, Jesus says to them, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, go ahead, put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it into my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Christ is risen. He is risen Jesus gently brought Thomas back to church. Now there is great comfort for all of us in this gospel accounts. For we all deserve condemnation from God. We all have sinned and have doubted just like Thomas. We have all murdered with our doubts and our words. We have all stolen that which is not ours. We have all had impure thoughts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. And we have not loved God above all things. As we said earlier in the confession of the church, we deserve punishment in time and in eternity. Oh, Lord, help us. For we have no redeeming qualities within ourselves. But with you, Christ is risen. The good news for each of us is that Jesus is patient with all of us. He knows the future. He comes to us as he came to the disciples. He always says, right there in the baptismal font, right there upon the altar when we do the Lord's Supper, right here from where the word is preached, peace be with you. I love you, and I am patient, the Lord says. Just look at me, Jesus says, it is true. I have risen from the dead so that you too may have life and have it abundantly. You see, Jesus, our Lord, he suffered great violence so that we could have the peace, the peace which passes all understanding. He submitted to mockery and beating and whipping and crucifixion. He submitted even to death. In this way, Jesus earned forgiveness for all people. He earned peace with God. And it is through Jesus Christ that you and I can live with God in peace. My dear friends, Jesus delivers that peace to us 
in many different ways. He delivers it in the waters of holy baptism. He delivers it in his body and blood in, with, and under the forms of bread and wine in the sacrament of the altar. And he delivers it through his word and in his amazing church. What an amazing peace God gives to us through Christ. What an amazing gift of forgiveness. What an amazing, amazing person called Jesus. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Believe it and never doubt. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in believing in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We will continue with our offerings, and then we will sing the offertory. In Christ alone. <laughs>